You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. All right, guys, welcome to session six. This is an interesting one. Angie shares with us some very interesting news that I think definitely impacts, you know, what we've been talking about, how we've been looking at things that I think is just, you know, helping her to see and process in a new way, which I think is really, really beautiful. And we also talk a lot about scaling and what that looks like and what's really, you know, required of it that doesn't always get talked about. So I think both of those things make this for an extra interesting session. I'm very excited for y'all to listen and excited to see how this continues to unfold for Angie this season. All right, there we go. Hi. What a week you've had. It's very interesting, isn't it? So interesting. I mean, obviously I know the context, but I guess like if you could just say it really quick for our for our listening friends, because I yes. feel like this has been quite it's the, a <laughs> quite the turn of events. So last week I was blaming the perimenopause for everything. Sorry, perimenopause, it's not all your fault, turns out. You're not as uh, bad as you seem. Not as bad as you seem. And incidentally, spent $686 on supplements for the perimenopause only a few days before. (laughs) Oh my God, a few days before, that's right. Uh, And then I went to the doctors just after, uh, like a couple of days after our last coaching session and um, said, I'm just feeling really, I'm just feeling really weak still. And every time I get, you know, have a shower, I have to sit down. And then when I put my socks on, I have to sit down. So they took some blood and then they... Uh, said you should get the results back in the next 24 hours and then I went home did a was delivering a session and somebody pulled up in in our drive we live in the countryside so it's kind of like you know it's Denmark but people can just imagine those rural British dramas where people you know have driveways and (laughs) people (laughs) live in the middle of nowhere you're like there it something is going on if someone's telling you to go and then banging yeah. on the door and like running to the door banging on the door and saying are you Angela Brown and I said yes I am and she said oh my goodness I was so worried we were going to find you on the floor because we couldn't get a hold of you they had an incorrect phone number for me so they'd been ringing all afternoon to let me know that the blood results they were really concerned about she said I think the doctor the doctor really wants to speak to you and it wasn't my doctor it was just another doctor and he basically called me back an hour or so later and said, we need to get you in for a blood transfusion. You've got no iron. You've got no hemoglobin. It's just like terrible. It's a really urgent situation. And I was like, oh, thank gosh. Thank God it's that. I knew something was up. I've been saying, yes. I don't feel well. <laughs> no one's yes. taking this seriously. So I didn't go for a blood transfusion. I declined. I was like, you know what? I've been feeling this bad for weeks. I'm not saying it's going to get any better through not doing this, but I am saying, can we deal with the iron situation, which has been going on for a few years, apparently. So they gave me the strongest, I think they gave me the strongest things they could give me on Friday and then took a load of more blood tests. And then I've been taking that for a few days and I actually, like within 24 hours, I was like, oh yeah, I remember. I remember being able to breathe. 
upstairs and stuff. Yes. And I just had a glimpse over the weekend of how I might remember what I'm actually like. Such Mm. a weird experience because I think I'm the frog that has just been boiling, you know, gradually warming up in the water. Mm -hmm. And I've just gotten really used to feeling terrible. Yes. Mm. And actually it's not, it's something else. It's just something that I could (laughs) have been taking iron supplements for, it turns out. Do you know what's so funny? Do you know what I was like most struck by about that story is, well, actually two things. First of all, is that someone would drive to your house because in the US, they don't care at all (laughs) enough to do that. So that's number one. But actually the other thing, number two, was like, you needed to not think it was that because it brought up all the stuff that you were like working through. Like, I feel like that conversation like had to happen, Yeah, you know, of like, what does it mean for you to rest and all of these things? But like also so great that like you still did advocate on your own behalf and like go to the doctor and get the blood work and do the things. And I feel like it's so cool to see those things live together where it's like, you can both like give yourself grace and be an advocate for yourself. And those aren't like mutually exclusive, right? Totally. And I think, you know, my mum is way down there. You know, my mum's a homeopath. We've never touched a vaccine, like all of those things. She's like way down that. And that's been since I was born. I've been much more in the holistic kind of medicine field, if you like. And we've just been talking about the sort of the energetics also around why some you know things like this happen because I'm not going to have a conversation with anybody about rest until my blood basically says well then we'll stop pumping oxygen to your brain yeah <laughs> so there's also that kind of such a deep resistance and and such a deep resistance to the life force like blood is the actual life force it's yes. the actual energetic force that keeps us alive and I just find it so interesting that that's the bit of me that decided to say to not play ball anymore. And what's really, I think I, I wrote in base camp that <laughs> my response was like, uh-huh. you can all calm down, but everybody can calm down now. You don't need to rush to my house. I knew I wasn't weak. I just was yes. like validation, validation. And so it's just really interesting to watch how, because I've been, so moved and touched by the conversation we had about that attachment to strength and what strength means and how it manifests itself and so I have to be careful I can feel myself on this threshold of going well it was just this thing so now we fix that and then I can pile back in and also letting go of the playfulness or the exploration of what it means to be strong in different ways simply because I now have a reason. So, because uh, I can feel myself moving back towards whether well, I, I don't need to think about different types of strength now because <laughs> it was just iron all along. <laughs> right, because I just take this friggin' supplement and it ain't a problem anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I don't need to slow down because I just take more iron. Yeah. And uh, I went back to the doctors. St- I have to go back every, I'm going to have to go back for a while. They want to see the levels creeping up, which they have been. And two people, the two people in the doctor's surgery today who were talking to me about it were just going, oh, 
can't believe like this these levels are so chronically low like you think you should be unconscious you should be on the floor sure how are you coping and all of these questions and how are you, and you look amazing i mean you look so great and you know my skin doesn't look like i'm not really pet I mean, I know I'm brown, but I do get pale, and I'm not, you know, like literally yes. kind of the same. I almost look radiant in a weird way. For me, um, I, I kind of look fine, and I can feel myself kind of feeling quite good about that kind of yes. compliment. Like, oh yeah, how did I manage to walk around? I'm I don't just know. That I'm a very strong person, so <laughs> I just really have to watch that brain of mine because I also think this is a huge this is a huge wake-up call as well and you know the the risk of sounding over dramatic there was a moment when they were talking about the risks of heart failure the risks of organ failure the risks of all of those things and I have a nine-year-old so I can't go down that road for I am not just responsible for myself yeah so that's where I am with it (laughs) it's so funny because I feel like what comes up for me so much is you were going to lean into that because something was quote unquote wrong, right? And it's almost like, what does it look like to make a change? Not because something is wrong, but because it's best for you, right? And that's what's the hard part here. Yeah, You know, like you were kind of like, fine, I'll make the change because like I I have to, something is very wrong, right? I also heard you say last week, like that vision of yourself and who she is in the future is this person. And so it's almost like this weird thing of like moving toward her just because it feels good versus because it feels bad. And I think that's where we're so challenged sometimes too, is to like go after the thing we want just because it feels good or just because we want it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I still think, you know, we were talking last session about the person who has the really strong blood and does all of the work isn't going to be able to make that transition anyway. So the change still has to be made. And and what's interesting, I was writing down my lit up moment, I guess, was, uh, and I kind of immediately went to, oh, the blood test explaining everything. (laughs) Explaining. And and I thought that's funny that that's, I'm just, I'm not giving myself a hard time, but I just, I do think the validation of strength I really, really want to work on this because I think it trips me up with rescheduling things or Mm. cancelling things if I don't feel well or having really, really firm boundaries, like normal boundaries. If I think, you know, somebody says to me, if I'd had that blood test result, I would be probably in bed all the time. Like I wouldn't, you shouldn't be able to move with it. It kind of makes me go, oh, so should I be having that? Should a normal response be that I just go, I can't work because I I need to be in bed? And is there something that just continually overcompensates because I think I'm not doing enough, I should be doing more? Like the punishing side of strength is then you don't really know where your end, where the end of your tether is and it comes up in... I I might say to a client, it's going to take me four hours to do the analysis of your DEI survey, but I spend three days on it. It might come up because I spend eight hours preparing for a 30 minute presentation. It could like, there are all sorts of ways where I think I'm measuring the, like the ability to get through versus the health of getting through. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like 
it's almost like you're you've lost the thread of just like what is best for you because mm. you can't see past it because yeah. it's, it's more like how am I strong? Yeah. And also I think it's interesting because it it's it's a hard one to unravel because I think what feels like what you're saying and obviously tell me if this is landing but to you right now strength equals safety. Mm. Like that's where all your safety yes. comes from. Your ability to push through, to show up, to be strong, to get it done. I mean, it also, you know, of course, being a single mom coming mm. from a lineage of hardworking black women, like all of that is like your safety is based on how strong you can be and how much you can continue to show up. So it's not like we're even just working against programming of like strength equals good, because that's one thing. We're working against programming of like this at the foundational level is how I feel safe in my system and my body right now. And so it's like really hard to just say, well, I'm going to just take the day to rest and sleep because everything in your nervous system is like you are creating like lack of safety for yourself mm. and your family. Mm. And like, yeah. and it's so strong. It's like the background noise is always the wheel's going to completely fall off if I stop. Well, if I stop, then it all stops. So I think one of the most important things for us to realize, all of us in any situation we're in, right, is like, especially for women, I think, right? Definitely more so than men, but like safety is what we ultimately crave most. So anything that threatens that is going to be challenging to shift and we need to recognize that, right? So where Angie is deriving her safety from is that ability to work and put in the time and you know, like work harder than anyone else. And so it's not as simple as just like, oh, okay, well, it's safe to not work. Let's shift that. It's seeing that that is so fundamentally important to her. It is what her brain and body have relied on as their safety. And so it's going to take more than just a couple like little mindset shifts to make that land. And I think it's just helpful to witness that in someone else because we can give ourselves grace in that. That's why sometimes something like people pleasing is is something you can see but can be very hard to shift because like maybe you've derived all of your safety from pleasing other people, right? And so I just want to make note of that because I think it can be so easy, you know, as coach or as client to be like, oh my gosh, why can't this client shift this? Or, oh my gosh, why can't I shift this? And it's like, this is why. Because it is so fundamentally important to us because it is like the ultimate thing of like, this is what is creating my safety. And like, we are programmed to follow that and chase that. So it doesn't mean it can't shift. doesn't mean it will get easier, better, simpler from here. But it is just really helpful, I think, to name and witness ourselves in this and give ourselves grace around it. My mum has the same programming. Like, somebody has to keep it together around here. <laughs> I suppose it better be me. And you get to be that somebody, yes. I get to be that somebody. It's kind of strong in the culture, isn't it, as well? I, I'm really aware of how I naturally gravitate towards people who have similar programming. So my son's father has a similar programming and you know, witnessing it in somebody else, whether it's the ability to get through on four hours sleep or the, you know, toughing it out, that all of those things are yep. kind of, they're also uh, the kind of entrepreneurial business world is an interesting mix, isn't it? Of the four hour work week, but also hacks to only sleep for four hours so that you can then be more productive. And it's like, <laughs> well, I think that's, what's really hard is that 
it's so, so polarized where it's mm. either like nothing should feel hard and it should only feel easy. And if, if anything is not easy or simple or a low time commitment, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Or the, the total opposite. And I think the truth is like the reality is all of us typically fall somewhere in the middle, but we just don't give ourselves permission on that. Like I have some clients who, if every single thing isn't easy, they're beating themselves up. Mm. Or I have some who make every single thing hard because mm. that's how they think it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. So I feel like what you're kind of going to be navigating here is like what's actually best for you outside of those constructs? Because sometimes I do think it is best for us to show up and push through and there is some value in that occasionally. And then sometimes mm. I think it's better to rest. And it's like based on you and where you are at any given time. And I think – that's almost what we're coming back to is like, how are you listening to you versus like all of these narratives that yeah. exist, right? Yeah. I feel a little bit like a mad person at the moment. It t- totally resonates with me that I get my trust and stability and nervous system calm f- from knowing that I can push through and I can do a lot and I've got the capacity t- to work hard. And I also know at a very deep level that that isn't a way of building a business that's going to break the patterns of generational poverty and all of those things because they're built on hard work. You know, it's the very fabric of the thing that needs to be different. But also, as a human being, the minute that I feel that iron coursing around my body, I'm like, ah. Idea central, and I'm back to that again. And it's like, what is wrong with you? And I kind of can't. I literally feel like I'm there's something wrong with me because then I'm like, I've got a tiny bit of energy, and I suddenly have it's not even a doing thing, but I suddenly have and can bear witness to this mind that just keeps wanting to create things and have ideas and, and do things. So it's a really weird time. Well. I mean, that actually makes a ton of sense to me. I think it would almost be weird if you weren't having that reaction because what we were kind of talking about last time is it felt like your identity was shattering, Mm. right? And so in the moment that you like got that knock on the door and got that iron supplements, like more happened. Someone also handed you back your identity. Yeah. That's kind of what happened in that moment. And so it – it makes sense to me that you almost like plugged into it pretty hardcore there. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, great. Here I am. Here she is. Here are her ideas. Like the swing is going to be there because mm. you felt like, I mean, there was almost like this whole like ego death that yeah. was happening, right? Yeah. So I think it's normal, but I think that, you know, give yourself a minute and then mm. you can like start working to find middle ground. But I think that was a very large swing in just a couple of days. So it makes sense. You know Ooh. what I mean? Hold on to your hats, everyone. Right, exactly. So something else I just really want to name here, if you're someone who has gone through this, is going through this, has a client going through this, right, is that major identity shifts like this in such a short period of time are so intense, right? Like, you know, Angie was almost like deconstructing this whole identity of like, I am someone who can show up no matter what and then in getting this news and like already feeling better now she's kind of shifting back to being like oh wait i'm even stronger than i thought i would right and it's like all of these like really big shifts really quickly and anything like that that's like a major part of our identity or safety like we were talking about earlier 
that gives you so much whiplash and so much emotional intensity when those things are coming up, right? It's not as simple as like, oh, I didn't feel good and now I feel better. Like there's so much more to that. And so just wanting to really name that and say like, these things feel big because they are big, right? And these things need care and attention and processing because they are very intense. And so we're not just talking about like the easy surface level thing of like, Angie felt bad, now she has iron, now she feels better, right? Like we're talking about like, what did that mean for who you are as a person and how you show up and how you view yourself in the world and how you derive safety and, 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 right? So just feels important to name that and say that again, as coach and as client, recognizing that, giving grace to that is everything in these situations. And I think it's why sometimes our industry can be so surface level where it's like, oh, well, like just shift that or just do this one thing to fix it. And it's like so much deeper than that typically. And this is just a good illustration of that. Your brain is like trying to catch up with like, I'm not this person. I am this person. Yeah. I'm not like so, so fair, but the thing I'm proud of you for, and I hope you're very proud of yourself for, is it's one thing to get back into the brain space of it or the ideation of it, but the fact that you didn't take like massive action as soon as you got a little more iron coursing through you is actually yeah. like, I think the thing to to take the credit on. Like we might not be able to reprogram the brain overnight, but you can take new action, mm -hmm. and that's what you did. Yeah, like. You didn't come to me and be like, I actually built out a whole new program because I took three iron pills. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, I was, I was really tempted, but <laughs> I didn't do it. Right. Um, and also just to one of the things that you said to me last session was by next session, you're going to have hired an OBM. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And I did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I left it until the 12th hour. I was like, she said Wednesday. I was even going to so. give you a break since you were having like a medical condition. Look at that. No, Go she on. hits deadlines. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but what was interesting was that I have been this, you know, going back and forth, back and forth. And I um, had this whole time zone drama. Yum. <laughs> and then... I've overcame that. And I spoke to some, I spoke to a couple of people in the UK and I went to an agency and stuff. So there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk about today. So one of the things was when I was talking to the agency, they were really like, okay, so you're going to take this person on. They're going to be working for you full time. It's going to be your, like they're your employee. And I suddenly got kind of, whoa, I'm not ready to have employees. I don't know if this business is sustainable. And I think it ties into that feeling also of, pre the person coming around to tell me about the iron, I don't have that much trust in myself mm. to go into that kind of arrangement. So there was a really strange, I had a really strange reaction, regardless of the numbers and whether I could have made, you know, can make it work or anything. It was just an immediate reaction. And then as soon as I had the, you know, it's your blood situation, I could feel myself thinking, do I really need that much support? No. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm so, supported by this iron. It will be fine. I mean, you know, I feel quite good today. So again, the kind of, and that's where I say I feel a little bit mad sometimes because I think just the, you know, the kind of 
no, this is actually somebody who's going to do actual things in the business because it's not related to your energy levels. This is related to the actual business. I had to really talk myself around that. And I just wanted to, I guess, articulate it out there in the world and on the podcast that I am really out myself because I find the ability that I have to rely on people, to tr- to put my faith in other people is so freaking minimal. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And the people I've been talking to have been the most gentle and kind of, and I've been doing all of the, like, um, you know, so the drama about the time zones and how do you, you know, and I like it like this. And I've been really kind of not a particularly welcoming person, I would say, to imagine working for or with. <laughs> I mean, the level of like, difficulty and constraint that I'm presenting is just like who would want that job <laughs> she seems difficult yeah, yeah. she's seems really <laughs> difficult and they've been so so gentle and like sweet and kind of yeah you know creating space and all of that kind of stuff so I did get there I had some really good conversations and I did I did get there and it, it still feels like it's not quite and I've talked to the person about this as well we're going to start with a project in you know so a discrete project so it's going to be project management and we're going to start with the onboarding of the associate team and the kind of maybe even SOPs around recruitment and all of that kind of thing and getting them to a position where they were able to be facing my clients in September but I I could feel myself having all of these little get outs like let's not make it kind of big deal let's start with a discrete project let's um which is about my safety but I can't I just I just feel like I've listened to so many people on podcasts probably on your podcast talking about hiring and I'm like oh I wouldn't find that hard and then it's just the most ridiculous painful process but it's done we've agreed that we're going to move forward and say yes I wanted to celebrate myself in that (laughs) so I really want to celebrate you. And also I really want to say that I I think that you're doing the right thing, which is like, obviously this is going to be shocking to you, but I think you're quite hard on yourself. (laughs) I think starting with like a test project is a way to build trust and safety. And I don't think that you're doing anything wrong in Mm. any way, shape or form with that, or that it suggests that you're not going to delegate or anything. I actually think that sometimes that's a really, really smart way to walk ourselves into Mm. being a leader, having a team, delegating, trusting. I think that sometimes when we bring someone on and then we're like, here's all this stuff, they don't even do well with that. And then we build the opposite evidence that like people can't handle my stuff. So anyway, I think you're doing it exactly right. I think you kind of got to give yourself a bit of an easy time there. Maybe what's happening is like because you're feeling the tension around it, you feel like you're doing it wrong. But I feel like this business is important to you. It's okay to feel that intensity handing yeah. over your your baby. <laughs> like, right? Like I, you can feel intensity handing over your child to a caregiver. That's not you, even if it's still like the yeah. right thing to do in that moment. Yeah. So something I really want to name here is how it is so okay to onboard slowly and build trust over time. And actually often that is the best way. I think that where that can be so helpful is because you're really able to give someone one task, see them do it really well. They build the evidence, you build the evidence, you move on to the next thing, you give them the next task. 
there's more trust built on and on and on. It's a really great way to onboard because someone's not completely overwhelmed and they're actually able to really, really learn one task at a time, right? And it's a great way to onboard for you if you're someone who's having trouble kind of passing things off or delegating because it's super trust building. But also think about the converse of this, right? If we bring someone on, give them all of this stuff, dump all of these things on them, throw it all at them, and then just like hope it's gonna work out, we're probably going to be disappointed because number one, that's a lot to just like come into a business and take all of that on too. It's hard to learn and do all of those things really well right off the bat. And then if that doesn't happen, your trust gets eroded and it gets reinforced that you shouldn't have delegated in the first place. Right? I see that happen to so many people. They're like, well, I hired and I gave them access to everything and I told them how to do everything and they did it all super shitty and see, I shouldn't have hired in the first place. And it's like, well, yes, but like there's so much more to that story of like, I maybe overwhelmed them, didn't onboard them well in any one specific area, didn't give time for trust building, et cetera, et cetera. So it is absolutely okay to onboard slowly, build trust along the way. From a practical standpoint, it is very useful in your business and from a mindset standpoint and from like a safety and trust standpoint, it is so useful as well. It's also kind of an introduction to the mess as well. <laughs> so <laughs> like, oh, hello, welcome in. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. the living room where we greet the visitors and then there's the rest of the house. Yeah. which you are now invited into. So, yes, <laughs> so, so there's totally. a little bit of that kind of, yeah, that going on, which is, which is interesting. But I feel really good. I feel like it's not in a panic. And actually, as we've been talking over the last few sessions, I have also been chipping away at some of the things that were on. So that, you know, there's the, there's the potential for that JD that I wrote however many weeks ago for it to be set, set in stone. And I haven't done anything on any of the things in actual fact, I've inched my way towards kind yes. of like, yeah, we've done bits of things. So things have been moving on. So that's good. And I did use some of the iron energy to send a proposal to one of those inquiries that was in my inbox that just kept going, ding a ling a ling, hello. <laughs> did you yep. get anything? And I did, so this is circling back to a few episodes ago, a few sessions ago where we talked about building something that would be an answer to a client inquiry that could be used for other things as well. So yes. I did it along those lines and I feel quite positive about that. And it isn't booked in until this, um, September. So still honoring the nothing new booked into the calendar before September. And it feels really manageable. And it actually felt like, yay, okay, I've got back to them. They're really happy with it. And, and we're going to try that out in September. So good. So that's good. Yeah. I think that what you're, what you've <laughs> very unintentionally given yourself the gift of is this summer because you wouldn't have taken that time had you not been feeling like that. But you also need this time to onboard, to look at these projects, yeah. to reevaluate, to figure out next steps, scaling, delegating, all of that. So feel like in many ways you're kind of perfectly set up. Mm. And that yeah. you have the time and now you have back some of that energy. Yeah. And so your goal is to not fill that time, which I think you're you're sticking to. Yeah. Right? So that you can you can use it for these correct things. Yeah. I've booked my holiday yesterday, so I was procrastinating about Yay! that. So I've got two weeks in Crete with my son. So and that's like blocked nothing 
nothing happening. Like last year we went away together and I ended up on a call, like I had a call on one of the days and yada yada. So this is just clear Greek island time, which I'm really yeah. pleased about. So that's at the beginning of the holiday, of the school holidays. So that feels protected. With that, the other thing I wanted to talk about was just some challenges. I would say there's something about not having a constant stream of like not putting out a constant stream of things that means I'm not having inquiries that is making me feel really really I don't feel nervous I feel and I don't even feel anxious but there's an underlying kind of ooh that keeps coming up and I noticed that what happened this week when I was thinking about I had like three people in mind that I was thinking about for the OBM mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when the agency was like, we really need to lock this down and it's permanent rolling, yada, yada, yada. I kept thinking, oh, I wonder if this client came through, this client that I started talking to like six weeks ago and it's been back and forth and nothing's really moved. If they come through, then I can commit to it. And I kept making it conditional on this on this one client. Mm-hmm. And because it's like, a, it would be enough cash, if you like, injection to go, okay, now I can sustain this role for a certain number of months and it would make me feel better. And then it didn't come through. So then they wrote to me this, uh, like a couple of days ago and said that they, they can't afford it at the moment. And I just felt like, I haven't felt this for ages. I felt like, oh my God, this is all going to go wrong. This is like, I can't, if, I don't even know what all of the things I had riding on it, but there are some things around yes. like, if this happens, then it proves that it's going to keep happening. If it doesn't happen, then it's proof that there's, it's evidence that there's a problem. And it, it's like evidence of me not doing enough around marketing and not putting myself out there enough and not. And if I don't show up in a certain way, then these things can't happen. So that's my, I feel like has been a challenge really in terms of my, mindset around that is that there is a relationship between or I feel like I'm telling myself or showing myself that there's evidence between a relationship between me not doing 150 miles an hour everything and clients not showing up (laughs) and I find myself trying to outrun not finding more clients by creating more things or wanting to do to do more does that make sense yes and <laughs> i feel like ultimately the issue ironically is not more clients right now but yeah. now that the other issues feel like they're getting solved i feel like your brain is attaching to that one a yeah. bit yeah where it's like the actual issue was like how are we serving all these clients we have seven inquiries sitting unaddressed we have seven proposals more than that right yeah. like seven proposals that like haven't gone out or anything so i feel like it's funny to just see how our brains mm. can flip flop so much where it was like that was all consuming stopping you yeah. from taking on more clients and now all of a sudden you're like <laughs> i don't have enough clients i haven't been market so yeah. i feel like what it what it's helpful to see here is that one, like your brain is kind of wanting to pick on that problem. But two, I think that you're doing the right thing to solve it. It's just sometimes uncomfortable bearing that Mm. responsibility in business where it's like you're hiring the team so that you have more capacity Mm. so that you can go get Mm. more clients. But for you to be getting more clients before you have the team or marketing more before you have the capacity for Mm. that, 
literally would make no sense because they would now you would have 17 things mm. sitting in your inbox instead of seven. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I and when you say it, it makes complete <laughs> sense. Obviously. <laughs> when you put it like that. <laughs> in <Silly>. words. <laughs> Not just feelings and urges to like go on Instagram. But yeah, it's and it's just a huge scarcity thing that just comes up, which is even evident in the, you know, the, there could be seven things sitting there in the inbox, but there's something about like, oh yeah, but they're accumulated. It's like a weird, I, I mean, I don't even know. I can't put words to what is going on there. Yeah. Like yeah, they're yeah. accumulated, but I haven't got back to any of them, but they're there. They're kind of like. They like don't count. Yeah. And they're like, I have them. So they're evidence of something. I, I can't really describe it, but it really feels like, as something to begin to work on in terms of mindset, there's something. (sighs) To me, it feels like it keeps coming back to self-trust. I'm curious if you would say the same, but it's like, do I trust that I'm doing the right things? Do I trust Mm -hmm. I'm moving in the right direction? Do I trust that I'll figure this out? Do I trust that I am ultimately like, yeah, I don't know how else to kind of frame it, but like on the right track, doing the right things. Because I feel like when we don't trust that is when we go into scarcity where it's like, these don't count or these are here, but I need more of these or like I need something outside of myself to prove to me that my decisions are like right or good or okay. And I think that this is the opposite of that. Like this is like, I know that my decisions are right and okay. And they're the only ones that make sense for the business right now. And so I don't need other evidence that yeah kind of like falsely supports that right now yeah yeah that really resonates and the trust that I think when I was feeling like oh I can't do any I can't do a single thing on that you know I need to I need support in order to be able to lift my head above it all yeah it was still coming from a sense of I kind of can't cope yeah and I think there's something about I d- oh god I can't really t- lost words today but like not having enough distance to be able to say without any emotion mm. just what should a what should a business do and like really look at it from that perspective like yeah if I was just looking at a business it would probably need to do these things and then and then yes. trusting that just as a, a mechanism I hear you I think what you're saying is like it's almost like you were making all the decisions you were making because you were having the low iron and stuff. Yeah. And so you kind of haven't been like, oh, and I still validate those and those are still right. It's almost like you've kind of like looked back at that through through a different angle of like, I probably wasn't making the right decisions yeah. because I wasn't in the right headspace. Yeah. I mean, I really can tell you, <laughs> I think you've made the right decisions regardless. I think that you maybe had more motivation to make those decisions. <laughs> That's quite a lot. <laughs> but all that aside, even if you had no health condition in any way, shape, or form, like the amount of like on-client work you were doing every day was no yeah. longer working. Yeah, that was no longer true. supporting your vision. Yes. That was no longer sustainable. And it wasn't even allowing you to take on more clients. Like you're Or enjoyable. Yeah. Right? I don't even know that we've ever like said this in a session <laughs> on the podcast because I know like we've talked, you know, separately and had this in your application, but to make 30K a month with no team <laughs> is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. 
And there is a ceiling to that, Mm. right? Mm. Mm. So I think that like strategically speaking, this is the only path forward. Yes, I think it was maybe motivated and brought on quicker by what was going on, but nonetheless still is the strategic path, right? So I don't know that we had ever really named this on here in terms of like exactly where Angie was at financially in her business. And so just wanting to say like 30K a month with no team is incredible. And it shows how much Angie's willing to push. And that's why we get to shift it, right? So we don't want to like take away from the like incredible accomplishment it is to get to that point in your business without any support. But also we don't want to like pedestal that either, right? Like we don't want to be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Look at how hard of a worker you are that you were able to get to 30K without a team or like the ultimate goal would be getting to that without a team, right? Like it's so easy to like make that seem like the dream or put that hard work on a pedestal. And so what we're really working on here is to say like, yes, that's amazing. Let's give credit where credit is due. And it does not have to be like that moving forward. And I think that's really important. I feel like so many things in our industry sort of get you know, painted in this like really perfect, beautiful light of like, oh, but then your profit margin is so high and, 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 but like, it also isn't helpful if you're not working in a way that actually feels good to you. So both get to be true. Like you get to look at your profit margin and you get to hire a team. You get to grow to incredible heights on your own and you get to be supported in that. And so I think this is just a really beautiful thing to see. Like, it's not that Angie has done anything wrong. If anything, she has absolutely crushed it, but it does not mean that that's what she wants to maintain and sustain moving forward. And that's the opportunity. So it's kind of a both and right where we don't want to pedestal that, but we also don't want to make it wrong. And she gets to move forward now in a way that feels better, more sustainable and more nourishing. I don't know any other way of, I've only gotten there the way that I've gotten there. So I don't know any way, other way of doing it. And I just have to keep reminding myself, like even I don't, I don't know. This is just a really uncomfortable expansion, I think. It's like, it feels like uh, everything has to be sort of like almost depleted before and rebuilt. And it's just terrifying because it's like, like I didn't make any money. Like I didn't sign any clients last month. And even writing it on the return, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I really don't like it. I don't like the feeling of it. I don't like that. I like to feel like positive momentum is gained through numbers and the financial numbers are always the ones that tell me that something's going in the right direction. And yet I was sharing with my sister who also works with me, some of the stuff like the new website and the, you know, the online learning account that's been built out and some of the marketing stuff. And like, she was like, are you crazy? This is like, there's so much, (laughs) when did you do this? And I don't credit any of the overtime development of intellectual property, the massive, like, the just because you can't see any of it. You know, you, you don't see it on a balance sheet. It's just all there, building, building, building. So something that I know to be true is like the, the way to scale sometimes is to be willing to say no to money or not look mm, at the money for a minute. Yeah. The way to burn out is for the balance sheet to be the only thing that matters ever. And I don't even mean balance sheet in the sense of like, obviously we want you to be profitable, but I mean it in the sense of like every month growth over growth over growth, right? Like, and I think that's what is so uncomfortable about this season. I think that one of the most uncomfortable things in business is saying no to money. Mm. 
right? And and then add all of your like strength stuff yeah. on top of it. And it's like a massive stretch. So I think that, you know, the work here is just because it feels like a massive stretch doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm. It's like, this is still the right thing for you yeah. because saying no to money for this short period of time where you're bringing on team and getting your foundation set up and getting in a place where you have the capacity to actually make more is what makes you scalable, right? Yeah. I'm sure I've talked about this multiple times on this podcast over the years, but one of the biggest challenges of scaling that I see for people across the board is saying no to money. Like, to scale, you basically have to be willing to say no to money. And it can also be the most uncomfortable thing in terms of scaling, right? So there comes a point in your business where lots of people want to hire you. Everything's a good idea. You know, the the whole nine, right? And so everything would make you more money to an extent, but that does not make it scalable. That does not make it sustainable, right? So really being willing to say no to money can be the most uncomfortable part. Like I know for me in my business, I have obviously completely doubled down and focused on one-on-one and that's why my one-on-one has been so successful. Like, right, that's why we have such a long waiting list. That's why I'm so known for it. That's what has made our business scale to seven figures. And I'm asked, very often about what I do masterminds or other offers or whatever. And it's hard to say no to that money because certainly that money would take our business to a whole nother level financially. And I know that would not be sustainable on top of everything else I'm doing. I know that that is not ultimately what I want to scale. So it doesn't make sense to put attention there, even if I could make money there. So remember that like, Yes, scaling is about figuring out how to make more, but in many ways, it's also about what you're willing to say no to. And yes, that can be, you know, wildly uncomfortable to do, but it's also such a crucial part of scaling. And I think it's something we need to talk about more. Yeah, but thanks for coaching me on it because it's like, yeah, but. (laughs) Yeah, but. (laughs) It's so, it's just so. I don't know, I think my vision of, of growth is still, logically, it makes sense that you would, you know, even regress before you make the next leap of progress. And yep. I can see it in my child's personal development, mm, <laughs> the regression yes. before the massive expansion into like a completely so different true. human. It's like incredible. Sleep regressions, anyone? Or, you know... All of those things with kids where you just feel like, what the heck is going on? And then something amazing happens. And I can really logically understand all of those things. And I just feel like I'm so glad to be talking out loud and for this to be recorded for posterity because yeah. I really want to remember this moment where it just is a mess. It's just like, what is even happening I don't know what I'm Who doing. Who am like, I? Where am I? Death of the ego, like no clients, like all of these different things and still holding the trust that it's going to happen. And it, and it feels so much harder than when I was just beginning. And that's really interesting to me is that when I was just beginning, I could journal all day on like how I'm going to make this much money and how it's going to look like this. And I had nothing, no evidence of anything, but it felt like 
oh, I'm on the brink of something really exciting. And then suddenly in this moment where it's like, well, I've had three years of evidence that, you know, things typically tend to build in this direction. I'm kind of feeling like it's more of a mess than ever. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's it gets more um, out of your control yeah. than ever. And yeah. I think that that's maybe the way to say it and yeah. what's happening. Because I think like you've kind of built a business that's getting bigger than you now, mm-hmm. right? Like it's so much easier in some ways when the business is just about you because you have all the control and you have all the strength and you have all that, right? And when it starts to move outside of that sphere where it's bigger than you, about more people than you, Mm. about more things than just you and what you can control, I think it's incredibly unnerving for a control-freak, high-achiever personality, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So something important we're talking about here is like the business growing bigger than you. Right. So I feel like that's so often what people want, but there are also challenging parts to that, right? Because ultimately, if the business is growing bigger than you, we in many ways have to give up control then, right? So even if what we want is to have that business that, like, you know, isn't just about us, that is making so much of a bigger impact, that's growing bigger than us, like, with that comes, you know, the the releasing of control, the surrendering, the delegating, the giving up in many ways. So it's like, yes, you're getting so much value and impact and, you know, monetary wins out of that. And you're having to let go and surrender on a deeper level than many of us even realize. And if you don't, that's when it gets hard, right? Because when the business grows bigger than you, you don't want to step out of control in any of it or surrender any of it, it becomes so tension producing and it is such a tough place to be. And so just feels so important to say like, again, yes, this is all good. This can be things we want and we have to recognize the challenges that sometimes come with it so that we can show up for them, number one, but also so that we're not feeling like it means we're doing something wrong. Like if you're feeling really tested and really having to lean into your surrender and trust in a way that you did not expect when your business grew to that level, you are not doing it wrong. That is part of the process. That is part of the journey. And that is what I think we will see unfold more and more for Angie this season too. And I think it's also that some of those markers of team and even the way that like the, the new website and some of the materials and things that I have, I feel like, okay, like this is a huge responsibility. My word is out there to so many more people now, even the evergreen stuff. I was like, oh, it just dawned on me yesterday. I was talking to a client and they've just gotten hold of the evergreen materials. I was like, oh, it's like a couple of thousand people who are going to be absorbing my teaching. <laughs> yes. And now I'm now it's it's like it's not in the comfort of a Zoom room with a leadership team yes. and me. And did she even mean what she said then or did she make a mistake? It's like, no, it's out there. It's in the world. People are doing it. People are doing it in big groups. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of that, yeah, painful expansion stuff. Painful expansion on top of just having navigated a can I trust myself? Is something going on with me? Like, 
am I just not the the person who can show up in the way I thought I would? Like yeah. those overlapping are so intense. And so I feel like the win in all of this is just to like give yourself a week to bounce back, quite honestly. Like <laughs> feel all your feelings. You just hired someone. You just thought your whole identity was crumbling and now it's not. And like, it's just a lot. And I feel like the takeaway is like, feel all your feelings for like a week yeah. and then we will like write the ship. But I yeah. think you just need a fucking minute. You know what I mean? Like, I need a fucking a minute. Can I have a t-shirt that says that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you a mug and a t-shirt and a hat. I need a fucking minute, everybody. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. And you also need a minute to get some more iron in you. So, yeah. like, let's get those things happening. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm going to be Superwoman. God, the $686 worth of uh, supplements <laughs> that will be rattling around my body. Right. Should have me in super good shape very soon. <laughs> so, I really want to talk about why Angie just needs a freaking minute, but also why that is actually okay to give as like the ultimate to do or takeaway from a coaching session or the ultimate homework there. I think that sometimes as coaches, we can feel so pressured to like give really amazing to do's and move everything forward always and make sure people know their exact next set, like all of this like stuff that feels you know, so important and so tied to our value. But sometimes the value is just in being able to be like, listen, there are more steps to come. And what I see for you the most right now is that you need a freaking minute and you can literally, well, you guys can't see it. I can see it. You can hear it like Angie relax into that. And that absolutely is what she is also agreeing that she needs, right? She has been through such an emotional roller coaster, such an identity roller coaster, such a safety roller coaster in the last couple of weeks. And she really, really does just need to give herself the grace to take a minute to process what has happened, to get her health back to a point that she's feeling really good in. And then we can tackle every other to do from there. But if we were to try to like push through and be like, yes, and like, let's also get these five things done this week. I'm certain that Angie would, right? Especially because she has like iron and resistance now, right? But that's not the point. The point is not to keep pushing through. Right? The point is not to feel like you can't take a minute for yourself when you need it, take a week to process when you need it. So I think it's just really important to say like permission as client that like a week is not gonna make a huge difference in your business. In fact, it's gonna propel you forward if you actually use that for rest and processing. And then permission as coach to not feel like you always have to have all of these crazy, amazing strategies to delegate or to, you know, give for homework every week. Like sometimes the best thing you can do is just give that permission. I think that's really, really important to see here. So that is your to-do yeah. for this week. It's to give yourself a minute. You have gone through a major up level. You did the hiring. You have to onboard like your you're on the right track, you're in the right thing, but I really do think like your brain is just like catching up to everything that just happened and and it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy with that to do. <laughs> and here in Basecamp, if you just want to brain dump and process, especially I think when we're in that spin of processing all of the stuff, like sometimes it just helps to say it out loud. Mm, so I'm yeah. here for whatever I can like witness you and listen in and remind you that it's probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> About? <laughs> yes. And then we will kind of like take action from that jumping off point. But like yeah. you you take your minute. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. 
Thanks for that. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I'm here. You keep me posted. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye, my dear. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.